Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and we'll read the whole chapter. Now, about food sacrificed to idols. We know that all uh, that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there's no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed uh, there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, who from all things came and for whom we live. There is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through uh, whom we live. But not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. For we are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone with a weak conscience sees you who have this knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't he be emboldened to eat what has been sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother, for whom Christ died, is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Wow, that that's quite striking coming from you, Liam. Yeah. I will never eat meat again. It's hard to imagine Liam never eating meat again. Uh, is it? But uh, that's the sort of call that Paul's making. Um, hey, um, well, we're going to do a quick survey. Um, so um, what I'd love to do, just to kind of get you thinking in this space, is um, uh, I want to ask you, is it okay for a Christian to dot, dot, dot? And you can see in your outline um, there's a bunch of things. Um, so what are, what are some of those things? To um, watch an M-rated movie, to drink alcohol, to smoke, uh, smoke marijuana. Is that there? Um, We're doing a technical thing here. So yeah. pull out your phones yeah. and scan the QR code on oh, the wow. screen, and we can do a live vote. We're going to find out if, for the techno whispers in the room. If you're not techno, you don't get the vote on it. Oh, See if look, that works. I feel like I'm in a Taylor Swift concert at the moment. Right, it's working. All these phones okay. out. And, and we're going to find a live anonymous poll of what we think. Anonymous, that's good. Yeah, it won't show up. Don't worry, it won't show up your name. But, yeah, everybody but Alan votes on this. No, no, sorry. There's 18 people online so far. Okay. Now, if, you, if you're if you not technical enough to do the phone thing, just jot down the answers on your bit of paper, uh, put yes or no next to them, and then tally them up uh, at the bottom. Um, 24 online, this is good. 20, this is good. 25, 25, yeah, this is, this is exciting. high quality. <laughs> 
Like, oh, it's not even up. The results will come on. Oh, okay. No, we're, we're, we're hold, we didn't want the UTC climbing up and just vote with the majority. We're, we're holding it and then it'll, it'll show us. Does anyone need a hand, you know, logging on or are you? We're up to 28 now. 28, okay, it's it's pumping along. Spoiler alert, we're up to 29. Oh, use QR codes. Uh, come on, man. Okay, so we voted on that first one. We'll, we'll, we'll start moving through, let's see. Oh, it's loading. Oh, we're going to go through all the questions that oh, okay. come up, I think. Okay, so second question, is it okay for a Christian to go to the pub? And it should have not done it on the phone, did it? Okay. Alan really wants to vote on this one. Really wants to vote. Right, so they're the votes. The votes are up, the number of votes are up there. Is 20, it the votes? That's yeah, the yeah. people who are on, I think. No, no, I think oh, that's, that's the vote. the voting yeah, that's yeah. going through. Okay. Vote away, vote away, I'm going to go to the, we're going to go to the next one. Yeah, 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 next one. Oh! Poker. So, poker. People voting away, so quickly. Yep. Oh, so there's... There's clarifications being asked, but I want to leave it vague. You know, just have a crack. You know, whatever you assume the question to yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. What it means. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's to gamble. Ooh. It's gone quiet now, Dave. Right? Lots of guilt out there. <laughs> 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 oh, I got yeah, it was a gamble, you reckon. Are you allowed to bet on how long a sermon will last? Okay, five more seconds on that one. Two, one, okay. Smoke cigarettes. We won't be holding you to this, so all it's just an indication, don't worry. Marijuana. Smoke marijuana. <laughs> Just run with the question. <laughs> oh, that was quick. People voted on that one quickly. This is okay. Keep going then, Liam. Yep. Watch an M rated movie. <laughs> Okay, next one. That was easy for everyone. Apparently, watch an R-rated movie. Everyone's getting the hang of voting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got five more seconds to vote on that one. Three, two, one. 
date someone who's not a Christian? Uh, a bit of thought going, yeah, okay, okay, we're getting there. Five, four, three, two. To look at nude photos. Of who? <laughs> Not yourself, man. Of somebody else. Are you going to clarify that later? No, no. <laughs> Interesting that that was the question. Then. <laughs> okay, five seconds, four, three, two, one. A statue of Buddha at home. <laughs> Speeding through this one. That's good. Five, four, four three, two, one. Okay. Click, click, click. Or is it thinking about it? Pick your nose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This will be interesting to see the answer. Okay, yeah. yep. Plenty on, plenty of votes on that one. Now I'm just waiting to see. So they've come up. I, I think that might be it. Rob, Rob um, set all this up. So let's see if I can. How, how do you um, show them? Have I export the results? Straight to You should be able to um, show it. I should be able to do that. I had so much confidence when everyone got their phone out. Yeah. Uh, we'll go back through and it'll show us. Okay. So those picking. Pick your nose. Twenty said yes, nine said no. Okay, there you go. Bit of division over at the picking the nose. Statue Buddha. Uh, Statue Buddha. Twenty-four said no. Not in, so. What about in the you know in your backyard in the landscaping? Anyway, so, so there you go. Um, look at nude photos. Twenty-one said no. Eight said yes. Date someone who's not a Christian. 14 said no. 10 said yes. Look at an R-rated movie. 20 said no. 14 said yes. Watch an M-rated movie. Uh, 30 said yes. 3 said no. Marijuana. Yep, marijuana. 8 said yes. 17 no. Cigarettes. 19, yes, 9, no. Gamble. Gamble, 11, yes, 17, no. Play poker, 27, yes, 4, no. Go to the pub, 28, yes, 1, no. And I think we're up to the last yeah. one. 32, yes, 1, no. Is that, is that the end? Oh, that's the end, I think. Okay. Now, what I want you to do, just form a little, um, you know, with, with two or three around you, just have a discussion. What did you notice in those results? Um, so, just have a bit of a chat. Maybe Liam might, I um, know, oh, no, no. Just have a chat. You, you got a, a snapshot of uh, what people were thinking. Okay, keen to hear some thoughts. Um, so, who'd like to share what, what you noticed? Just hands up. Yep. 
almost every single issue except possibly one is like the eating of meat as described in Okay, so um, our brother here is saying every single issue, what, divide, has a division between what Christians say yes and no to? Is that what? No. You're, you're no. saying every single issue is similar to the whole eating food sacrificed to idols? Yeah. yeah. In, in, it in what? It, it depends. It depends, okay. Take marijuana, the yeah. medical marijuana. Yeah. Although, yeah. So, you know, that's just one example. Yeah, okay. Yep, no, no, good I call. The hold up was not answering the questions but understanding your interpretation. Okay. So interpretation becomes quite important. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts of what you noticed? There's a big grey area, isn't there? Yep. All of those categories, because the minute we see them, we want to get more detail and define it because yep. there's so many variables. So yeah. Just the idea that there's a grey area. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big grey area, and so you, yeah, you want to have the nuances. Yeah. I think it all comes down to whether we make a quite specific qualification or whether or whether we use them as as um, an element of shame over our life. Okay. Yeah. So are they areas of disqualification that that are clearly sin, or areas that bring shame to our lives? Yep. Oh, sorry. Yeah, brother. A couple of things, like the new photo could be a baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was deliberately vague. Yeah. Going to have a negative impact on someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Julie. I suppose as a Christian, you would think, is this useful benefit for those around you? Okay, okay. Wow, yeah, it's, it's like you've heard this talk already. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be back. Why are you doing it? Yeah, okay, drives you to the motivation. Yeah, so one thing I just want to point out is that Christians can disagree on a lot of things. Uh, and so a lot of those were, were split. So for some of you... Saying yes to most of those things was quite easy for you, um, and you're much more likely to be permissive. But for some of you, you tend to be no people. So some of us, I suspect, uh, almost said no to every single answer, and some of us, I suspect, uh, almost said yes, uh, said yes to almost every answer. But all, lots of you want to ask the question, depends, you know, and give me more context and so on. Now, though, as, uh, as our brother said, these are the sort of issues that the Christians in Corinth were wrestling with. Um, and the important question is, sorry, the important thing is, there's a more important question than is it okay for a Christian? And that is the, that is the question, will I use what I know to genuinely love and serve and help others? Uh, and that's where Paul wants to head us to actually use what we know to serve others in love. Uh, and so if we take God's word to heart, then this church community or these two church communities, Marmont and Morissette, will be community a community of people who love one another deeply. Uh, that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be people who are utterly committed to building the church in love. Uh, and the back end of Corinthians is just so much on about that. 
And if we are that, if you are that sort of community, it will be compelling to the region around about you, where people will look, especially as our society drifts from its Christian foundations, they will look at your church community and go, wow, these people, in spite of their diversity, they love each other deeply. And I think that will be a compelling testimony uh, to the region in which we live. So, 1 Corinthians 8, make sure your Bible's open there. Paul's writing to Christians in Corinth 2,000 years ago. Let me show you on the map um, Corinth. Um, so this is just from Google kind of Earth or something like that. Um, so Corinth is in ancient Greece. It was called Achaia, this region, not far from Athens. But notice it's, it's located on this small uh, neck of land. Does anyone know what geologically that's called? And it, I, can't, I, I can't even know how to say it. It's, it's, it's Thmus, right, right, okay, 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 anyway, it's a small, narrow bit of land, right, now, um, so you've got Rome on one side, uh, and Asia, and, you know, places like Ephesus, and all that sort of, modern day Turkey, uh, on the other side, heading down into Syria, uh, and Israel, and so on, um, uh, so, Asia to if you wanted to go from Asia to Rome by boat, um, you would go via Corinth. And what they would do with the ships is they would put the ships on logs and just roll them across by land, pop them in the other the other side. It was much more efficient and safe passage to do that rather than to sail uh, down the bottom, which could have you know it was far more treacherous and took longer. Uh, to sail that way. And so, as you can imagine, the city of Corinth was this cosmopolitan melting pot. I don't know what, like Manila, Singapore, um, you know, just, just, just this multicultural melting pot of all nations kind of coming through uh, this point. So what sort of thing would you expect in a city like that uh, in the ancient world? What would you expect to be life in Corinth to be like? Many gods. Many gods, yeah. There was certainly a lot of different religions. Good food. Sorry? Good food. Good food. Um, yeah. Lot, busy? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, like so many of those cities, like sex trade, this sex life, you know, because you've got all these sailors coming through town. Um, and, and sex and religion were tightly uh, connected, lots of corruption, but it was an exciting kind of action-packed place um, and full of idolatry, as we've said. But the Christians in Corinth, they had turned their back on a life of other gods. Um, they turned their backs on sexual immorality, on drunkenness, and yet, idolatry impacted every part of life. So you go down to the local markets, and a lot of the meat or the fruit and veg had already been offered in sacrifice to one of the gods. Um, and so what are you meant to do with that? Uh, and here's the big question that this section starts with. Meat that has been sacrificed to idols, is it okay to eat? Um, what are you meant to do? Can I buy and eat the meat, or has it been somehow tainted spiritually by its association with the idols of the ancient world? 
That was a really kind of controversial question that, that the Christians were divided on, what they should do about that. Because, you know, I've renounced idols. Why would I enter back into that world by eating this food that has been deliberately dedicated uh, to an idol? Uh, so here's the issue. Meat that has been sacrificed to idols, is this okay to, meet, to eat? And Paul says, yes, the food is okay. That's, that's his kind of first answer. Nothing wrong with it. Verse 4, he says, So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father from whom all things came and from whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Now, I just wanted to show you kind of a, um, a religious spectrum of Paul's day. Uh, have we got that on? Uh, there you go. This is religious beliefs uh, in the Roman Empire in the first century. Um, so what do you notice? Basically, everyone believed in God. Um, you've got no atheists. Um, but the Jews and Christians believed in one God, and that sort of set them apart from everyone else. Um, and yeah, and as the Christian movement grew, uh, sometimes Christianity was seen as atheistic because they didn't believe in all the gods, but they would say, "No, we believe in one God, the true God, the Creator God." Now. Just have a quick word to the person next to you before Liam advances the slide. What would that look like today? What do you reckon that spectrum worldwide would look like today? Have a quick chat to the person next to you. So how many, so what, what have we got? We've got about 20 people there. How would they divvy up today? 14, there's 14 people. How would you divvy up the 14 people in those three different categories? Yeah. Can I Okay, so what what do you got? Any any guesses? Which so twelve one one? Um, any so three one six? Three eight three. Okay. Yep. Two what? Two seven five. Two seven five. Okay, Liam. Can can you reveal? Um, there we go. That's today. Um, that's a snapshot of our. Globally, yeah. Yeah, globally today. Oh, sorry, yes. So some of us might have been thinking Australia. I, I thought I said worldwide, but anyway, there you go. Um, throughout the world, there are still thousands of different gods um, and millions of idols, statues that people bow down and worship. Um, in Morissette, I noticed on the way through a Thai restaurant, a Indian restaurant, do they have little shrines in them? Um, often often they do, don't they? And so that's just to kind of 
It's not big in our society, but there are little traces of that, that whole worldwide belief. Um, and Paul says those idols, those little shrines that you have in, in those restaurants or whatever throughout the world, uh, there are no real gods lying behind those idols. There's only one true God and one Lord, the Lord Jesus. But it is interesting, as, as we see Australia move away from its religious commitment to Christianity, uh, worldwide, um, Christianity and, uh, and I, I guess, um, Islam, the belief in one creator God, has really captured our world quite profoundly. Uh, and a lot of the one on the left is, is China and some of those uh, communist nations uh, where you get the, um, the no-gods. Anyway, all right, so back. Just a question on yep. China. We might save that for questions on time. Okay. Yeah, Come back. <laughs> so, any meat offered to any one of these false gods is spiritually neutral. It's not like the meat has been somehow made tainted by association. Verse 8, food does not bring us any near to God. We're no worse off if we do not eat, no better if we do. So not spiritually contaminated. Yes, the meat is okay to eat. That's, that's Paul's point. But, so point two, yes, but, if you think the food is not okay, then for you it's not okay. It's a little bit complex here. But look at verse 7. He says, But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. So even though it may be spiritually neutral, if you eat it thinking you are somehow involved in the worship of one of those idols and you're sinning against God, then in your heart you are sinning against God even though there's nothing wrong with the practice of eating the meat. Uh, to, to understand this a bit more, we need to understand how our conscience works. So let me, um, let me just take a moment with that. Two circles, Venn diagram. I'm the Venn diagram king. Uh, I love Venn diagrams. I was an engineer in a former life, and I just love the way they work. So you'll get a couple of Venn diagrams over the, over the week. Um, but um, our conscience is something within us by which we pass moral judgment on ourselves. Yeah? Um, that sort of guilty feeling in the gut. Um, it's interesting when David, remember when he was on the run from King Saul, King Saul's the king. David, we know, is the one who's been anointed to be the next king, but he was waiting for his time, and King Saul hated him. He was on the run. In 1, in 1 Samuel 24, David is hiding in a cave, and, and Saul and his army are outside the cave. They don't know David's inside, uh, but Saul sneaks into the cave to do a wee, or, or maybe, you know, more than that. But anyway to take a toilet break, and there is David sneaking up behind him. He has the perfect opportunity to kill him. Uh, then and there, his enemy would be dead. Um, but instead, he just cut a corner off Saul's robe, uh, and then uh, and Saul went on his way. But it, it tells us that David was conscience-stricken, uh, that his heart hit him. And it's because 
He knew that this was the Lord's anointed and God's timing would be the timing when he would be brought down. It wasn't for David to bring that forward. Uh, And so he acted against his conscience in that situation. Um, So I'm sure we all know a sense of that gut feeling when when we do something that we know or sense is not right. The problem is sometimes your conscience can let you down. Um, it's only as good as much as it reflects God's opinion on the matter. So let's put those. So you've got conscience and guilt feelings on the left-hand side, and you've got God's judgment and real guilt on the right-hand side. But notice those two circles don't line up. What I want you to do with the people just around you is see if you can think of examples where... We feel guilty about stuff that, from God's perspective, is not actually sin. And see if you can think of examples where we don't feel guilty about stuff, but it is actually objectively sin uh, in God's eyes. So see if you can come up with an example or two of both of those. If you, does, does, does what I'm asking make sense? Okay. So have a quick chat to the um, people around about you. Okay. All right. I'm, here to, I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts. So just put an X in the left-hand side there, Liam. Um, so we're going to start there. Did anyone think of something that we feel guilty about that's not actually sin? Yeah. Eating something that's not on your diet. Eating something that's not on your diet. Yes. Yeah, so it is true. So eating chocolate, of all things, a good gift of God, sometimes we feel guilty about that. And even the ads, like a guilty pleasure, you know, eat this chocolate or this ice cream. Yeah, so sometimes we feel guilty about eating something that is a good thing that God has made, and it's our society's obsession with body image, isn't it, that kind of makes us feel guilty about a good gift of God. Not may not be healthy to overindulge, but... It's, it in and of itself is not sin, yeah? Any other examples you could think of? Yeah? Saying no to like family occasions is really important to those, those that family, yeah. for example, but you don't really want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's a whole lot of social situations where you feel guilty about it. Um, but, yeah, it's not actually sin, yeah, I, I think we deal with a lot of guilt that falls into this category. Yeah, yeah Alan. Just, yeah. <laughs> what about uh, travelling over the speed limit on the Ah, okay. <laughs> Liam, can you just sort Alan out a bit later? <laughs> I, I saw someone racing past me on the way here. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Feeling guilty about things people did a hundred or two hundred years ago. Okay, yeah, so there's a lot of. Um, ooh! It is amazing, isn't it, that a that hundred years ago, or even fifty years ago, I, don't, I, I remember this in my lifetime, but there was a lot of things where, where Christianity and Christian values were accepted as the norm. Now, to do those things like. To, to regard homosexuality as a sin, there's a lot of guilt and shame socially around that, even though God's word is really clear um, on that. So uh, I'm not, yeah, so I'm saying 
we, we feel guilty about holding on to God's word about something when we shouldn't feel guilty uh, about that. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that opens up a whole, yeah, whole world. But it is, it is such a complex society we're entering in, isn't it? Where, where when we used to be the home team, you know, where uh, kind of society, even, even if they weren't Christian, they accepted Christianity and its value system. Now we're the away team, where we feel like we're the strange ones holding on uh, to God and, and what he tells us is right and wrong. Yeah. All right. Um, I, was, um, I was speaking on this passage one time and I said this. Uh, I'll read it because um, I lost the congregation. They just, uh, it was one of those moments of hilarity. Now, so I'll, I'll, I'll read it and then I'll unpack it. People feel guilty about smoking, picking your nose and masturbation. I don't want to promote any of these three habits. On the whole, they're unhealthy habits. Smoking will kill you. You pick your nose and your head will cave in. <laughs> and I'm told if you masturbate, you go blind, right? So there are consequences. But no, seriously, what we've got there, and so many things like that, is there. So smoking, right? I would say not necessarily sinful, but unhealthy, not wise. And out of love for one another, we want to help each other get, break those habits. But I think we've just got to be so careful that we don't elevate it to the... There's enough sin that we deal with in our lives. Uh, and so if I've got a brother who's, who's you know, been smoking his whole life, you know, I, want, I want to help him come off that smoking, but I don't want him to see it as a conscience issue between him and God. Just, just a habit that he's trying to work through. You know, masturbation, you know, it, it can be so tightly associated with pornography and unhealthy sexual habits, um, but we just, we can blur the lines. And, and so we just got to be careful that we don't create guilt where God's word allows freedom. Um, so we can be incredibly guilty about some of these things. Come over the other side. Um, on the, so, yeah, so on that side, the Christians who were eating food sacrificed to idols, I think Paul would put them in that camp, right, the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, what are things that we kind of excuse ourselves that God has been pretty clear uh, is wrong? Going over the speed limit. Going over the speed <laughs> Good one. Yeah, um, that's a great example, actually. Uh, yeah, so, and, and what, what excuses come to mind? Everyone does it. Uh, yeah, look, it, it's it's safe. You know, we kind of you have, um, and yet God has made it very clear in His Word that we Christians are to be model citizens uh, and to submit ourselves uh, to the governing authorities. Other examples? Yeah, okay. Gossiping. We often yeah gossip with justification that we're just chatting about yeah, but it's clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. God is really clear about gossip, isn't He? Uh, and yet, we, we, it's just the air we breathe in our society. And so, unless we're on our guard, we will just step into it, and we won't feel guilty because no one else does. Uh, materialism, someone said, absolutely. Uh, greed is idolatry. Uh, Paul says. Uh, so God's really clear about the love of money and the problem with that. And yet we can feel quite 
comfortable with it uh, in our lives. And I think right, right from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we, we humans have found little ways to make ourselves feel better about disobeying God. Yeah? Uh, little justifications. So, what was Jiminy Cricket's uh, advice about the conscience? Always. Why was it only people my age and older than you? <laughs> Always let your conscience be your guide. Who remembers that? Okay, thank you, elderly uh, amongst us. Um, um, so he, that's what Jiminy Cricket, you know, and Pinocchio, you know. Um, you're with me there. You know what Pinocchio is, yeah? Um, all right, so Jiminy Cricket said that. The problem is our conscience doesn't always match up with what God's word says. Sometimes we feel guilty about things we shouldn't. Sometimes we don't feel guilty when we should. And what we need to do is train our consciences. So have a look at this. You watch what happens. Do this, Liam. Click. Look at that. Oh, okay. That's the goal. That's the goal. Now, when, notice I haven't lined them up fully because I don't think we'll ever get there. I think we need to have a humility to recognise that our value system will always be just a little bit of off-kilter with God's, but as much as possible we want to align our guilt feelings with what God has objectively said in his word. That's, I think that's a goal uh, that we need to work at. And the only way we do that is reading his word, gathering with his people, wrestling with what his word says, applying it to our lives, and so on. So come back to 1 Corinthians 8. Paul had knowledge. He knew that meat sacrificed to an idol was still acceptable to eat. You can't ruin a good T-bone steak by offering it to an idol. So Liam is happy at this point. Um, Good news, if you're a Christian living in Corinth, meat is back on the menu. Um, What about all the other Christians who still have a problem eating meat sacrificed to idols? And some would say, well, that's their problem. Not my problem. They just need to get over it. They need to grow up. Um, if you, you know, I know that there's nothing wrong with the meat. In fact, I'm going to go down to the idol temple and I'll join in the feast down there because they're not real gods uh, and the meat's not spiritually tainted. What's stopping me? This is where knowledge becomes dangerous. Um, knowledge must be combined with love. Knowledge combined with love. So verse 9. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights, or did yours say freedoms, Liam? Yeah, okay, you got an older NIV. Yeah, yeah. Now that's because we never pay him enough. He's still stuck in pre-2011. All right, so be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. What a terrible thing. It's just pushing ahead when your brother or sister is not on side and you're actually leading them into sin. Um, because That's because if, you, if for you the food's not okay, then it's not okay. Right? And you can educate your conscience, but until you educate your conscience, you've just got to be careful that you don't push ahead and go against your conscience until you become persuaded uh, of what God's word says. So, you know, an example might be, you know, 
some of us have struggled with alcohol um, addiction. Um, and, you know, let's say I've come from that background. I'm out with you guys watching the footy, you know, later tonight, the finals. Someone hands out a few beers and says, come on, Dave, here you go. You know, what could be wrong with having, having a beer? And I go, no, 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 it's okay. And, and, and my mate says, no, no, go on, not going to hurt you. God made wine to gladden the hearts of men. Uh, and here I am feeling a real conscience issue over it, but I just, for the sake of you know, the peer pressure thing, I just take it, drink it. Am I sinning by drinking that beer? Yeah, but, but what about me? I've been, I've, I have a conscience problem with it. You know, in this in this example, um, and then I, I I don't feel like God wants me to drink it, and yet I go ahead and drink it because I felt pressured into that. Then I am treading on that near the edge of the cliff, hey, of, of sin, of actually allowing my friendship or acceptance of others to lead me against what I feel like God wants me to do in that situation. Um, so verse 12, when you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. You can just see how, how serious Paul is about this. So verse 13, therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. And if it, if it was that simple, then Paul would have just said, I'm never going to eat meat again. But it's not it's not that these are complex things that will come up in a whole range of different ways in our lives. Um, but what we need to do is be willing to put aside our own preferences and rights for the sake of love of one another. Um, and so that's why this, the passage begins there. Verse 1, about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. And there was an immaturity to the Corinthians because they thought they were so enlightened. But Paul, this whole letter, drives them to love. That's, that's maturity. Uh, knowledge for the Corinthians was very much about me and how great am I. But Paul says, no, Christianity is a team game. It's about us. There's no I in team. It's about love of your brothers and sisters. That's maturity as Christians. So we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while knowledge while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. What a beautiful verse. Whoever loves God is known by God. I want to show you another diagram before we kind of finish up. And here it is. Um, bottom axis is love from selfish to loving, right? Selfish to loving. And the side axis is knowledge from ignorant pea-brained to well-informed. Okay, and that looks a bit like Homer down the bottom, right? Homer Simpson. Uh, all right, so knowledge, that axis, love, the bottom axis. All right, so let's let's start. Where, where does it go there, Liam? We'll start down that bottom left-hand corner. This is the person who has no knowledge and no love, and I would call this the abusive person. That is, they take the things God has given them, 
with no concern for God and honouring Him. Uh, they don't want to understand God's will and they don't want to use what they know to love others. This is kind of like a narcissist type person. Um, some people have love without knowledge. Uh, and it was interesting to hear that our friend here talk about nuts earlier, wasn't it? Um, so my kids have had severe anaphylactic reactions. So one of my sons, my middle son, uh, was quite allergic to nuts. Uh, and so if I made them a meal, I could put lots of love into the meal. But if I put nuts in the meal, I could actually be bringing great harm to my son. Um, and so you can see how my love of him compels me to act in knowledge of what I know is good for him. Uh, and so as I make a meal for him, I'll, I'll make sure that there's no traces of nuts in there. My knowledge informs my love. So, um, so that's, that's that love without knowledge. Um, then there's the person who has knowledge without love. This is the proud, self-satisfied person. I think the Corinthians fit into this category. They'd understood the gospel, the freedom that Jesus brings. They'd understood that, yes, meat sacrificed to idols, and it's fine to eat. Uh, they just thought it was superstition. They knew that there's only one God. But in their arrogant superiority, they neglected to consider the impact of their actions towards their brothers and sisters. Paul wants the Corinthians and us to drive towards this last quadrant, top right, to combine knowledge with love, to recognise that knowledge alone is not enough to live the Christian life. Knowledge puffs up on its own. Love builds up and knowledge and love together is a powerful, beautiful combination. So chapter 3, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Christian life is love informed by knowledge. That's what we should be striving for. So I want to, um, I reckon, I might wrap things up and then you can do whatever you want after that, Liam. But we started with the survey, is it okay for a Christian to dot, dot, dot. How do we decide if something's okay? Um, well, I want to just suggest a few things that come out of this passage. Firstly, what does my conscience say? Right, we don't want to ignore our conscience, even though we know that our conscience isn't always reliable. Um, but if I don't feel right about something, I'm under no compulsion to do it. Um, and I want to be careful not to be quick to judge others. Uh, in this regard either. I want my conscience to be informed. So point two, what does the Bible say? What has God revealed clearly in his word? Wrestle with God's word on the matter. Thirdly, what does my own personal weakness require? Uh, and this is where, you know, I mentioned the example of someone who might have been an alcoholic in the past. And, and so that person, this person will know that alcohol is a gift from God God made wine to gladden the hearts of men. And yet, for me, personally, I don't trust myself around alcohol. Uh, you know, and so you might say, no, I'm going to abstain, not because it's wrong, but for me it's wrong, because I, I know where it so often leads. Um, 
Fourthly, what does love look like? And this is getting to the heart of what Paul's driving at. Uh, using our knowledge in the context of love, what's going to be helpful to my brother or sister? And so, so one of our sisters mentioned this right up front. What does love look like? Just because it's okay doesn't mean it's the best thing to do. So God wants us to be a community of love informed by knowledge. Um, uh, we want to use that knowledge not to judge others, but to love others. Uh, and so I want to kind of wrap up there. And uh, Liam, do you want to um, tell us what we're doing from here?